hustlers, road players, tournament champions. Hear the stories, get their advice, learn about their lives. Our host, Joey Ryan, brings you an inside look at the professional pool player. You're listening to the Pool Player Podcast, brought to you by Pool Scene 365. Hey guys, happy Thanksgiving. I want to thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast, supporting the channel. I really appreciate all that you guys have done. Do me a favor, if you haven't already subscribed, hit that subscribe button. The more subscribers we get, the more cool things we can do with this show. Also, feel free to like it and share it. And I read every single comment. So please share some comments about things that you'd like to see in the show, things that you'd like to see me do better, any feedback that you have whatsoever, I'm open to it. Today's guest is the Managing Director of Matchroom Multisport, Emily Frazier. I was so excited to be able to interview her. And she talks about her start at Matchroom and really climbing her way through that company. Uh, We also go into the challenges that COVID-19 presented for Matchroom and, you know, what she plans to do to kind of take Matchroom out of that coming into 2021. Uh, We discussed the favorite moment that she has from past Moscone Cups, as well as a preview of this year's Moscone Cup. So I was really excited to interview her, and I think you guys are going to like this. So thanks again for your support. So far, you've been one of the most requested guests on the show. When I ask people who they want to hear from, uh, it's been you. So I'm really excited to find out more about you and to talk about Matchroom and the upcoming Moscone Cup. So just to get started, tell us uh, a little bit about your background and what led you to Matchroom. Oh, gosh. Well, I think everyone always knows. It's probably why I get requests for it. That I'll always be really honest in anything that I ever say, um, probably just because I rarely have a filter. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. Background. How long do we have? I'll try and keep it um, as short as possible. Um, it's my 10th year at Matchroom. Um, it was this May or June. Um, yeah, I reached my 10, 10 years there. Um, not going to lie, started off making teas and coffees. Um, my dad knew Barry um, through the poker scene. So obviously they were quite heavily invested in poker back then, uh, Matchroom. And he, I remember he said to Barry, he said, oh, please, I've got some work experience with my daughter. And when I was at school, I was such a little shit. Um, the, the amount of times I'd get sus- like suspended because um, just, just for being like a, just a bit of a, a rat bag as such, uh, probably quite an English term. Um, I just didn't want to, you know, sit in a classroom and work. Um, but I would never get kicked out because the teachers all liked me. Um, and all I was interested in was going to school. I would finish school and then I would go and do um, a gymnastics class where I would teach gymnastics. So I have like qualifications, they probably expired by now uh, to teach gymnastics. And then I would go and work in a bar um, for the evening straight after. And then also I would also work in a poker club. Um, and sometimes you do the shifts of like 11 till 5 a.m. in the morning sort of thing. And then I would go straight um in sort of the next day as such so all I ever wanted to do was just earn money and just just work and be on my hands and feet sort of thing um so yeah when I was obviously younger I did a bit of work experience and I just started off making teas coffees I just was just a bit relentless in what I did um really really enjoyed working 
coming on board for Matchroom, it was totally new for me. I didn't even know what pool was. I had no idea. All I really knew about was poker because that was like my background. Um, so I came in working under Katie Hearn, which is Barry's daughter. And that was in the TV department. So my background is very TV production. That's why I think it's probably a strength of mine um, because you look at the big arenas and, and how we televise things. And that's obviously where it's all sort of come on board. And uh, so I did a good few um, years in TV and then I got an opportunity to come on board to special events, which it was called at the time. Uh, they did like the Moscone Cup, the World Cup of Paul, fishing, um, ten pin bowling, and they were events that I'd kind of worked on with the TV department, but I hadn't been predominantly or in charge as such. Um, came on board, that was totally different. I absolutely loved it. Loved anything to do with events. If it was up to me, I'd be back to back at an event, living from a suitcase. Um, I, I thrive under pressure. I love being under pressure. I think it's probably, um, it, it brings out the best in me. So that, which is a little bit weird as such. So yeah, I've just kind of been at Matchroom grinding away. It's a, it's a family business as such. You know, once you're in, um, it's kind of in your blood as, as such. So I absolutely love it really. Well, that's, that's a great story from making tea all the way to where you are right now. You know, it's kind of, you know, I'm over here in the United States and that's what we call the American dream, right? Where you just come in at the ground level and you just put in hard work and effort and you make it. And so congratulations for that. But also I think you were recently promoted to managing director of uh, Matchroom Multisport. And so what other uh, sports do you manage in that role? Goodness me. Well, hopefully just going to keep growing. Obviously, we're very dominant in Paul um, and that's obviously a, a huge passion of mine. And I've um, I've I've really grown on Paul has grown on me a lot. Uh, we also look after uh, fishing um, we also look after 10 pin bowling um, gymnastics. We've done a bit in um, with Simone Biles um, from USA uh, ping pong um snooker we do two snooker events and we've recently just expanded our snooker events as well um one of our championship league snooker is now a ranking event um, which was you know great for us here and it's something that's really sort of developed in covid as such um and so that's been really really exciting to just be back to back um love to get into a little bit of cheerleading it's huge in the united states and it's quite it's becoming quite big over here. Um, the teams are getting a bit stronger, nothing like they are in the United States. Um, but that's something I'd love to get my claws into as such. Um, so lots of different avenues, a bit of netball, a bit of basketball. Um, a lot of our sports, we're very much a one event a, a year as such. Um, Paul is the front runner where we actually have more than one event. And I'm not gonna stop there. I'm definitely going to keep that uh, ticking on and uh, keep our pool events growing. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I was going to, with this new role and taking on these other events, these other, other sports, I was going to have you reassure us that pool was still going to get the attention because I think all the pool fans are just so excited about what you guys have done and what you continue to do with the sport. So it sounds like you are reassuring us that pool will still grow. Oh, there's no concern there. Like I said, Paul is a huge passion of mine. 
the more pool events that I that sort of take on board, the more passion I grow um, as such. Don't get me wrong, I do love some of our other sports and being back to back with snooker recently, we had 21 live days of that straight into the Champion of Champions, a seven day event. And I was buzzing off of the snooker and I love the snooker. I'd love more snooker. But it's still, I, I did a tweet about it recently, actually. Um, on our on Twitter, it's it's more predominant on snooker fans than it is on Paul, you know, as such on Facebook. And I think I said something um, like, yes, yeah, snook- someone said something about our Champion of Champions event. And I said, yeah, snooker's great. But Paul is where my heart truly lies um, and where the most excitement is, because it's true at the end of the day, I will not stop until Paul is just on a totally different level. There's so many promises that I could sit here and make and be like, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. To be quite honest, I don't really know what our plans are. Um, this year is a, bit, is a perfect example for it. We never know what's going to happen. I think that anyone in the industry, all you can know is that we're always going to be here trying relentlessly to grow Paul, but to also professionalise it more have more events, have more of a tour in the US. There's so much that I'd like to do. Obviously it's step by step. There's not a lot of money in Paul as well. So we have to, we're a business at the end of the day. We have to be very smart about what we do. Um, But there's no, no concern at all about um, us stepping the foot off the gas for Paul. So I, I just love your passion and I love how expressive you are about, you know, your desire to grow pool. Uh, but before we dive into some specifics there, I, I just, I'm curious, like, do you have any hobbies or anything you do outside? I, I get the feeling you work a lot. Uh, what do you do for fun outside of work? I, I don't have a life. I genuinely have zero life. Um, as anytime I sit and meet with Barry, um, he's, he always says, oh yeah, you don't really have much for life, so it's fine. I mean, that, that's, that's what I signed up for. That's why I'm in the role that I am. It's, you know, it's the sacrifices that you make. I have, um, I've come from a very, very strong family. Um, so I'm real big on uh, family as such. You know, you don't have to have loads of friends as such, but you have your close knit. Um, as long as I have my family, um, which I know I do, and sort of my close friends around me, that's all that I, that I need. But um, you know, this weekend it will be working relentless because we've got the Moscone Cup. A little bit different because we're in lockdown. Love working out. I think fitness is a huge thing for anyone in life, just your mental health. Um, I feel like I'm better and a stronger person at my own job when I'm working out, when I'm going, you know, tonight I might go out for just a run in the evening just because I know it makes me feel better. Um, I do miss seeing my friends, I'm not going to lie. Um, but we get to normally travel, you know, here, there and everywhere. And we're working on events. So not many hobbies, no, <laughs> except <it>. from work. <laughs> yeah. So I'd like to spend some time talking about the Moscone Cup. But before I do, you know, you mentioned the challenge that 2020 has presented and it's all across the industry, you know. Um, but tell us, you know, some specifics, like how you know, how difficult has 2020 been? And, you know, how do you see uh, you guys rebounding in 2021? You know what? It's not even about rebounding in 2021 because we've been rebounding now. Um, Even though obviously we're not as heavy in um, the pool industry as such, but as Matri Multisport, we have been um, pushing back, obviously 
despite the current situation. Um, we have live snooker, live darts, live boxing, all on whilst we're in a national lockdown here in the UK. Um, obviously, elite sport can continue under government guidelines, but we're back to back with these events. And there aren't there isn't anyone out there that's really doing this sort of stuff. Um, a lot of, you know, it's, it's very sad. So a lot of companies, companies and businesses are, are obviously not doing well in this current situation. And it's just great that obviously we can still provide live sport on TV because all anyone is doing is sort of sitting at home as such. Um, obviously it's been a huge challenge for everyone. Um, I personally was at the um, Predator and CSI events in March mm. this year. Uh, I actually went there with my colleague Abigail to do some final costings for the US Open. I was at, going out there, all systems um, go ready for the US Open in um, May or whenever it was scheduled for, I've totally forgotten. Um, and then, you know, we're out there and things just change by the minute, they change by the hour, they change by the day. And you have to learn to react. And it is a horrible situation. I do believe in silver linings and I do believe that everything happens for a reason. I think in situations like this, it's brought a lot of people together. Um, some people that may not, you know, agree with people in certain situations, but in this, everyone just comes together and just works together. And, and that's something that I've really loved from this situation. Um, and it's like brought our own team closer together because you have to find new ways to work um, in these current situations. But also we've learned so much stuff. There's things that we would never have, um, you know, put to a tournament um, that we haven't learned from being in COVID and not having spectators as such. When we did our first event in June this year, we were the first live sport back here in the UK. Huge achievement. And um, I'll always remember that. It was tough as hell. Two weeks, it was, um, I think it was the day after my 30th birthday, we said, right, we're going to do it. And I was like, for goodness sake, I just want to like drink some champagne once, <laughs> in, once in my lifetime and, um, and enjoy my 30th birthday. Uh, but, you know, that's not what we're about. We had two weeks. We put together this uh, Championship League snooker in a total lockdown bubble scenario. Everyone was turning up with their hair all over the place. They hadn't had a haircut. Like my roots had grown out. My nails weren't done. Um, but it's like, it's just small things because it brings everyone together because you are all experiencing it. Um, and the things that we did at that tournament, we just learned so much from. Certain people that don't actually need to be at an event and that you, certain areas where you maybe spend a bit too much money on or you can um, apply that money to somewhere else, which is actually served better. Um, you just learn so much from it. The fan engagement that we've been doing at our Champion of Champions event, um, the Weber Cup Tempin Bowling event we did. Day one of that, we learned from it that I will apply to the Moscone Cup. Um, I Look, I, I love a challenge at the end of the day. Um, and I think that if anything, we've learned a lot from this year and it's just gonna make 2021 even bigger for us because we can bring in new pool events potentially now because there's a, another way of producing these events that we've kind of figured out. Um, 
something that may have cost us a lot more, we're now, there's, there's cheaper ways of doing things now. There's cheaper ways of broadcasting um, and live streaming as such. So if anything, we're gonna be bouncing back from this. I think my only concern is, obviously this is me talking here in the UK, I'm obviously very disconnected from the United States and um, it's harder to determine where we're at over there with the US Open and things like that. So yeah. it's a lot easier for us to have the events over here and to control those. Um, so my only concern is obviously our events taking place over there. Um, that's something that we're just going to have to keep an eye on, really. Yeah. In, in the United States, we're a lot more fragmented, right? You have the states that run a lot and make a lot of decisions and, you know, the federal government, not as much, you know, so, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure that'll all pan out in the end. So you mentioned, uh, you know, folks showing up to your event with hair unkempt and, you know, it kind of got me thinking about the USA mullet invasion that's going to happen in, you know, a few weeks. And uh, so uh, let's talk about the Moscone Cup. So, First, you know, this year is going to be different without fans. I mean, fans are such a huge part of that event. You know, I, I've shared this story on here before, but as I was preparing to do this podcast, my wife and I were researching, she was helping me out and I showed her a bunch of videos on YouTube and I would show her all these different pool matches. And then I flipped the one that was a Moscone cup match. And she was like, wait, what is that? it's amazing. And I'm like, that's the Moscone cup. And you're right. It is amazing. And just the fans, the energy, how are you going to be able to replicate that this year with no fans? Fuck knows. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I don't want to give all my secrets away. Um, it's, I think we're all, we're all very much aware that the Moscone cup is not going to be the Moscone Cup without fans. Obviously, we're in a national lockdown here until the 2nd of December, which is halfway through the event. Quite clear, we're not going to be allowed to have spectators in. But the arena is going to look fantastic because that's what we're good at. Um, so no doubt about that. Um, one thing that we experienced recently at the Weber Cup was it's also um, USA versus Europe in 10 pin bowling. And it's an event that is solely reliant on fans. So I was very concerned when we switched to no spectators for that event. And the first match that happened, the players walked out and I was standing in the arena and uh, like, you know, when you get that shiver and your ears go to your shoulders and you basically just want to crawl up and die. Um, I was in the arena and I felt that there was no atmosphere. It just felt horrible for the players. It felt dead, but it looked absolutely cracking on TV. I went back and watched the walk-on on TV and it looked absolutely fantastic. So obviously the fans at home are a huge concern and we will have that sorted. You are sitting at home, you will feel the atmosphere coming through your TV, no matter what. So don't worry about that. My concern is the players, um, to be fair, because that's the harder job. There's only so many people that me and five of us can stand there just clapping to pump them up. No. Um, so what I really need to concentrate is when they walk into that arena that they're pumped up. And if you can see that passion and that fire on their face, then you're watching from home and you know that no matter what, whether there's 3,000 fans in there or me and five of the multi-sport team and, a few, and some cameramen, 
they're still going to feel the pressure. It's the Moscone Cup at the end of the day. It's the biggest event in, on the pool planet. Yeah. Um, so the prestige of the event is there. Our job is to try and communicate this to the players in the arena. I'm 99.9% confident that they will fulfill, that we will fulfill that. Um, we're putting things into place just to ensure that when they're walking out there, they go, oh, fuck, this is actually kind of cool. And I'm actually quite nervous here. They'll still have shivers on the back of the neck. I Trust me, it will happen. And um, I obviously don't want to sell myself out here and uh, make a big song and dance about it. But at the end of the day, this is what we need to do. We need to make sure it's exciting for the fans. Look, day one, first match, if it's not, then trust me, me and the team will be sitting upstairs thinking of a way to turn it around to ensure that the rest of the day or the rest of the tournament is better. We won't go out there, you know, 6.30 that night and say, okay, this is what we're delivering. If something doesn't work, we won't, we'll change it. That's the, that's the beauty of how we work. Um, we, can, we can adapt very quickly. And that's something that this whole situation has taught us and just being in this industry has taught us as well. So there's a lot of engagement that's going to happen. Fans can also send in their selfies um, online and so they can potentially appear in the arena. I don't want none of this cardboard like stuck out thing. I spend <laughs> fortunes on that arena. I'm not having cardboard all sitting around um, as such. And there's no seating in place. Like, why would we spend so much money on seats for no one to sit in them? It's not a football stadium or an NFL stadium where the seats are already there. So fans will be able to have their selfies in, in the screen and, and they'll still be able to get on camera. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm so just hearing about it. I'm so excited for it. I wish it was tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have a lot to do. I know. Uh, so mm -hmm. over the years, do you have like a favorite moment from the Moscone Cup events? Is there something that kind of stands out as like really super memorable for you? You know, I'm not obviously like your avid pool hardcore fan because I won't pretend like I know about the sport I think I get a little bit of stick for it that I don't know what I'm talking about sometimes that I know what my strengths are I can put on a bloody great event and I can put on a good show I know a little bit about Paul I know that you know changing um you know when we were at the US Open last year we were sitting in this uh, situation and everyone kept saying oh the rack um and the break for the US Open you've got to do the three point rule and you've got to do it from the, uh, the behind the line, blah, 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 blah. And obviously I'm your casual sports fan. I'm the person that I want our events to appeal to because at the moment we have yeah. a full audience here. That, that's all well and good. Like love these people. I want to keep engaging with these people. You are our number one supporters, but this sport will never grow unless we appeal to the wider audience more sponsors, more tournaments, everything. We will never appeal to a wider audience unless we get outside of our little stuck bubble and think, what does your casual sports fan want to watch? They don't have a scooby about the three-point rule. I had no, it took me. I remember the first tournament I worked on and someone was um, trying to explain it to me. It was, it was still in play for one of our matchroom events. And I was like, what is this three-point rule? And I couldn't get it around my head. And like now I understand it, obviously. Um, and we sat there for the US Open and kind of just sat there and said, well, why won't just 
just stop letting the players from looking at the rack because they're seeing the rack and they're figuring out what to do. Okay, we'll stop them from looking at it. That's obviously a very out of the box sports kind of thing. Um, you know, I think if you're too involved in the sport, you can't do things like that. Sometimes you need to see it from a, a step back as such. Um, so when we're at the US Open and, and we sort of looked at something like that, that was totally different. And that's something that we can sort of um, apply. Oh my God, I've totally forgotten what you asked me and I've just gone <laughs> off okay. on a tangent. No, it's I, okay. There must have been a link somewhere. It's okay. <laughs> it's really okay because it reminds me of something I want to kind of address. I, I yeah. recently had Ozzy Reynolds from CSI on and we were talking. Great guy. And I think you kind of pointed out, yeah, he is a great guy. I think you kind of pointed it out too, which is sometimes what the players want is the opposite of what we need to attract mm -hmm. regular people to the sport, mm -hmm. right? So the players want the tightest tables and the longest races and basically making the game boring, right? Yeah. Um, but ensuring the best player always wins. But your casual fan doesn't want the best player to always win. I, I myself, I always root for the underdog, you know? And so um, I think you're right taking a step outside and having someone who doesn't really come at it from the pool perspective can find ways that are kind of creative to say, yeah. how, how do we make this sport appeal to the casual fan, you know, or, or the regular yeah, exactly. person? Yeah. Yeah. So I totally forgot what you asked me. Uh, I was asking that? if you had a favorite moment from. Oh my gosh. Yes. Favorite yeah. moment. So I was going somewhere with that um, because I'm not too heavily in the pool. Uh, I think I probably know more about Paul than I let on. Um, but my favourite moment was in 2018 when USA hadn't won for so long. And obviously I was getting to the point where I was thinking, what do we now do with the Moscone Cup? Our viewing figures are shit. No one's tuning in for it. Only the Europe are tuning in because they want to, they love seeing like a whitewash. But as well as, as much as a whitewash is good and fun and it's, you know, funny or, or whatever, it's not good for the event. Um, so for me, all I wanted was USA to win because for the, for the future of the event, we needed that to happen. Otherwise, the next year was going to turn into like a celebrity special. Mm. We would have taken 10 years back in the sport if we had done something like that. But unfortunately, it was going to have to come to something as bad as that. Um, so it was when Shane knocked in that nine ball and I was sitting in that arena and I was like, wow, okay. And so that will always stick in my mind because of the event. Um, unfortunately, when the play is actually happening, I can't always um, sit there and actually enjoy the sport. You're sort of looking around, the screen's working. Is that person in their seat enjoying themselves? You're just looking around at everything. I think someone once gave me shit about being on my phone all the time. That I could literally be standing there and I could see something's happening and it's not meant to be happening. Go on your phone, right, this isn't happening. Gets done like that. You can look over there. That person's looking up at the screen. Why are they looking at the screen funny? Okay, no, the screen's actually not showing the right thing. Okay, message, da da da, da. This person's doing this in the audience. Get them on camera. Okay, da da da, da. And so it's all you're doing is you're there and you're literally looking at everything. You don't actually watch the pool which is a shame. Um, I don't not watch it because I don't enjoy it. I love it. Um, I can't sit there and watch snooker because it would bore the life out of me. But Paul, I really, really love it. 
but unfortunately like I said at the events I can't sit there and watch it because you're too busy looking at everything else so yeah but USA coming back that's been my favorite so far yeah. And, you know, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense, even though Europe did have on paper better teams all those years that they were winning. We're talking races to five, you know, anybody can win that. And it was almost like it was psych- psychological. And so when the U.S. did win that year, I mean, that was just huge for the event, for the sport, you know, and it really got the United States excited again to where now, even though, again, it looks like we're underdogs on paper in the U.S., Mm. we kind of feel like, hey, we got this momentum now. So what if we can put together a run like Europe put together, you know, so I wanted to kind of ask you with the teams that were selected this year, who do you think from each team were the most intriguing picks? From this year, I think uh, I think Chris Robinson was a ballsy pick from the captains. Um, I think both Jeremy and Joey, obviously it falls under Jeremy's shoulders, but he has Joey there to support him. I think they both knew they were going to get a lot of stick online. And what I respect is that they wanted to make a decision. They believed in that choice. And every time I spoke to JJ, he said, he goes, I, I know the fact, I know people aren't going to like it. He, that's what he kept saying to me. He's like, people aren't going to like it, Emily. He's like, but it's the right choice. And that's what he kept saying. I said, look, at the end of the day, you need to win the event. Um, that, that's what your job is. Your job isn't to be liked or to pick the right person because you and I could both pick one person and you could think it's right and I could think it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you're never going to please everyone at the end of the day. So huge respect to them too for choosing someone who they wanted to choose without having to you know without being pressured by any other situation um for team europe i think obviously everyone loves that albin's got back in but i think he was just like a natural to come back into the tournament i think there was probably like a question mark hovering over someone like catchy his performance hasn't always been as strong um, at the matchroom events. It's something I always dig him out for, just as like banter, to be honest with you. Hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, his on paper, his record proves in other events that he's a he's a real talented player. He's also a great ambassador for the sport hmm. um, as well. So I think he was like a tough one to sort of get over the line as such. Um, so I'm pleased they went for him. Um and also, I do think Jason is your, he's your crowd man. There is no crowd. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting one. Obviously, Fedor coming off of the a natural from the rankings as well, from the matchroom pool rankings. Um, and, well, Filler's just filler. I have recently compared him to the Judd Trump of Paul, which is, you know, he's huge in snooker. He just turns up, he plays, he wins. So natural to him. And I think Josh Filler's basically the same as such. Yeah. I'm wondering if you can take us kind of behind the scenes of the Moscone Cup, you know, for those of us that just enjoy it, you know, watching the stream or on TV and it's just, you know, beautiful lights and, you know, fans and excitement, but give us an idea of when you start planning that event, what all goes into it and, you know, maybe something we don't see behind the scenes. Well, (laughs) I think, all of a sudden, like now, 
we're still we're looking at obviously next year's dates for the Moscone Cup, so that can obviously put things into perspective. Um, things are a little bit different now with COVID. Um, planning is a lot more short-sighted. Um, I try not to. I try to encourage the team to focus on what's here and now kind of thing um, because in three months something could change um so it's just to uh, and at the moment it, not a lot of stuff is going out and if it is going out it's not the best so what we need to be doing is ensuring that we are a getting a tournament out there and we're delivering it um on tv and it's also enjoyable for the fans and this is our one opportunity to really spike viewing figures for the Moscone Cup it's been one of those events. It's a fantastic event, but there's so many like illegal streams and things like that. And it's really, it really makes Paul suffer because at the end of the day, if we don't get the viewing figures, when I turn around to a sponsor and say, you know, come on board for the Moscone Cup. Um, these are our viewing figures. These are our social media figures. This is that, this is that. And they look at it and go, well, no one's watching it. Why would they want to sponsor it? They get no value. They get no brand exposure. So when people are looking at like these illegal streams, they, it's not it going into our pocket as such. It's for us building the event. It's yeah. for us building the sport. Such a frustrating thing. It's one of those things where I just literally would slam my head against the wall a million times um, to try. And I think it's just a lack of understanding. You know, people just think if they click onto the zone, then, you know, that $9.90, whatever, goes straight into my pocket to pay for my hoodie or something like that yeah. but it's not like that it's um it's it's a big world out there and we need to get sponsors on board and I'm pretty sure it's no secret that there is zero money in pool um I mean if if we're struggling then I'm sure everyone is as such and you know we have the biggest events so um I do think that we need to really push on the on our viewing figures this year. That's something that, you know, we can really look at. Um, behind the scenes, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to get an insight from that, I don't know whether they'd be too, not scared, but they'll be too concerned to, um, to share it, but the players probably see this the most. You could literally, I could probably walk out into the arena, huge smile on my face, absolutely fine and 30 seconds before I could have been crying backstage <laughs> it's um I'm not I'm not a heavy cry like I like I can go to a funeral and not cry kind of thing I think the only thing that makes me cry is is like a Harry Potter film or something because I get overwhelmed with joy um so I'm not a heavy cry I think uh recently um one of the photographers got this picture of me from the US Open where I'm literally sitting there crying mm. And he, he posted it and I thought, and I looked at it and I thought, oh, cheeky bugger, I can't believe, like how, one, I don't remember him being there. Two, like, how's he done that? And, um, but then I was like, Do you know what? It is what it is. It's kind of reality. That was when our container hadn't arrived at the US Open and mm -hmm. shit was really hitting the fan for us. You know, we're in the United States. It's the UK cut-based company. It's 2 a.m. at home. You can't reach anyone. No one knew where this container was. Obviously, we've learned from the situation. You learn from everything at the end of the day. Um, but behind the scenes, it's it's really tough. And something that we've been um, experiencing lately is that we're obviously working in these bubble um, environments where you are, once you get your test, you go and isolate in your room, you get your negative result, and then you come into the bubble. And this bubble can be the hotel there, the venue there, catering here. 
you can't leave this bubble. You can't go outside to the shop. If you go outside and leave the bubble, you've got to come back, you've got to test, you've got to isolate in your room for like 12 hours and come back again. So you end up, the people that you work with, uh, you're there with them all the time. Yeah. Obviously, these are stressful times as it is in an event. Um, you do become kind of just succumb to the event and you forget what the outside world is kind of like. And so it is tough behind behind the scenes and you need to keep morale high. Um, that's one thing that I try and do. It's, it's obviously very difficult as well. Um, it, but it's also fun to work on at the end of the day. It's, you know, we're all in these jobs because we love them. Um, we work long ass hours, but again, that's why we're here. We love what we do. Um, I think, I, like I said earlier, I thrive off the pressure and I think probably the, my team do as well. And um, we all do. And so when we're under pressure, it's when we're working the best. And uh, that's, that's when you can really get it out of us. I love being in the arena and just seeing everyone enjoy themselves. That's what I love. I love seeing like the sweat on one player's face because they're losing and and then the, the smirk on the other player's face who's winning as such. And that's all that I kind of like proper look into. But like I said, you can walk out there, big smile on your face and, you know, see people. And it's like, yeah, like, hope you're having a great time. And shit can be really hitting the fan backstage. Yeah. But obviously that is what it is. That's uh, live, live events at the end of the day. Um, it's tough. I probably come on like a little come down after an event. Um, I always try, I don't know how I kind of describe it, but you can, I think it was at the US Open and I'm not one to exaggerate, um, but I literally had probably on average two hours sleep a night just because you go down there and this was one thing that I found quite funny. Um, You go down there as soon as the event you can get in there. So you've probably gone to sleep, you know, very late, get down there at 6 a.m. And those bloody, like, did you go, to, did you see this US Open? Uh, I did watch a few matches, yeah. There was a few of these sponsor boards that were so flimsy because obviously it was the first time doing the event. We've never got those boards before. Um, first time we were using them, they're falling over left, right, center. I knew they were shit. Every single person kept telling me they were shit. <laughs> and I just kept sitting like this. Yes, I know they keep falling over <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> And it was frustrating the hell out of it. And it got to the, and this is actually quite a funny story because it got to the point that 6 a.m. every morning would come down with, Abigail would be there as well, and um, hoodie, hood up, trackies, trainers, cap, and would be taping all of the legs to the, um, the boards. And obviously they're all filthy. So that's why you come down in your hoodie and such, put all that together. Then you go to the office, get everything sort of all ready and sorted when doors are opening, when the tournament's going to start. And then I quickly nip upstairs, wash my hair, try and shove makeup on just to obviously try and make yourself look nice. And then you walk down and someone's like, oh, you look nice. Oh, oh, you turned up at 10 o'clock or, or something like that. And you just stand there and go, yeah, yeah. And you want to punch someone in the face because you're like, you have no idea what happens. And, uh, and then it did, I think it got to like day three. And everyone was chipping in with these um, sponsor boards. And you could see, you know, like JP, Vincent, the whole team were coming together and just putting all the boards down. And then our uh, some of our referees basically couldn't hack the long hours and they were just 
leaving and they were just wow. like oh, our guys were just leaving and just not telling us and some and you know John Lehman would come in and be like we're two men down sort of thing we're like um <laughs> okay and then Vincent would be like right I'll do it he'd be sitting there shot clock at the table I mean oh, I just we wouldn't be able to do it without the people that we work with because it's, we just wouldn't be able to achieve it and I like to I'm a bit funny with who we have on our team because once you're in our team, your family, your blood, and we will, we will back everyone and we will support everyone who is in that team, bend over backwards, always support them. And so that's why I'm always quite close about who we bring in and who we trust sort of thing, because it's, it's a tight knit team. And, um, you know, if someone says jump, we say how high kind of thing. And that's why I love the team that we've built, especially on our pool events, because that's why our events are so good, because we have that that team that just delivers and supports one another. Sounds like a great environment to work in. You know, it's like it's go time and everybody just does what they need to do to get it done. And I just love that. Yeah. So you guys are running five, I think I counted five major pool events right now. Uh, World Cup of Pool, World Pool Masters, obviously the Moscone Cup. Uh, World Pool Championship and U.S. Open. So I guess in terms of like where you go from here, are you looking to add events or are you looking to just make those events the absolute best they can be? Um, I think I don't want to come aside from the fact that, you know, the events that we have and, and lose uh, sight or interest in them. You know, the World Pool Masters is still a fantastic event. For years, we were kind of, we had, you know, the 16 players in the world they weren't the best 16 players. They were getting in because they were friends of someone or, um, yeah, just they, they weren't the 16 best in the world and that needed like huge attention to. Um, so that's something that we addressed recently. We increased it to 24 players. Obviously that affects our bottom line because there's um, more players we need to give more prize money to. So making that move was for the future of the event because felt that that's what it needed to, you know, needed to be done. So it's important that we keep an eye on things like that. Um, there's also things like the World Cup pool, the format. Are we doing the best we can do with the format for the World Cup pool? You know, some teams just come in and they get absolutely smashed 7-0. Should we be doing some race to fives with groups as such? Um, so teams get three tries at it instead of traveling 16 hours and getting done in sort of 20 minutes as such so there's a lot of ideas like going around that we have in our team meetings to try and address the events that we already have to try and make them better every time we do a Moscone Cup I will never repeat a seating plan we always have to increase it 100 we always have to keep increasing never repeat it ever since I've come into play you got a seating plan from Vegas um, 2019. The next seating plan for Vegas has to increase and we have to sell those out. Otherwise, we have not achieved what we need to achieve. That's our goal. Yeah. So we have goals to set um, for the events that we have in place. I have my own goals set where I want new events. Um, it's not a case of, oh, there's all these events out there. I want that one. I want that one. It's just you know, opportunities come around. Whirlpool Championship was something I had my eyes on a little bit, just because it's, it's you know, it's the, it's the championship at the end of the day. Uh, we're the front runners for the sport and we should, it should be our, under our wing as such because we're the ones that can 
take it to the next level. Um, there are lots of ideas that we've got to expand our roster of events, different, uh, different events maybe in the US, I'd like to have a stronger hold in the US, obviously the plans that we had for that have kind of taken a step back because of the situation we're in, but that does open doors for maybe some more events here in the UK, uh, similar to the ones, the snooker events that have been successful here. So always relentlessly working on the five that we have. We've only done one US Open so far. We actually did smash it out of the park, um, mm -hmm. but there's still tons of improvement for that. Um, haven't even done the World Pool Championship yet, so we might totally balls that one up. Um, but yeah, <laughs> still looking at new stuff, but we can't take our eye off the ball um, and we can't, we can't ever deliver something below exceptional. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously you guys are doing amazing things for pool and growing, growing the sport. Um, but who else plays a role in growing the sport other than just matchroom? Yeah, I always say it's us. Um, I, I don't think I'd be good at my job if I didn't always back us number one. Um, but there's there's so many great people out there. Um, obviously, we work very closely with our um, partners, which are Predator, Kamui, um, Simonis and Aramith and, uh, and Rasson are doing huge things, um, not only in pool, but in snooker. Um, they did this new quirky table design for um, the snooker that the the players absolutely love them. The tables play fantastic. The first game we had at Championship League Snooker on a Rass on table was a one four seven, um, and and they also supply ping pong tables for us as well. So they do huge things um, for the sport too. The Rass on tables are beautiful. I love the modern design, um, but there are so many promoters out there. I I, I love what Aussie at CSI have, has done with his events. Um, I think he's really stepped it up a gear. Uh, I saw, I think it was the, the Vegas CSI events two years ago and obviously went to the one this year and just the level of production had stepped up a, um, stepped up, and we've had the delight of working with them last year in the build-up for the Moscone Cup. So great operators. I think Aussie probably shares the same vision that we share. Um, that we just want to grow the sport. I mean, the more successful the Aussies events are, the more successful my events are as such. Um, there's never any reason to clash with one another um, with dates because at this, at this time we should be ensuring that there is a, that a tournament for the pool players to go bosh, 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 bosh sort of thing and go back to back to. They should be having to sit there and choose between the US Open and a Euro Tour event or something like that. Uh, we should all be working together. Um, one thing that I really, really wanted to do, and it took a bit of a step back this year because of the, the global pandemic, is our um, ranking system. For years, uh, the Moscone Cup players have been selected just wildcards from USA, um, but we've had quite a strong structure, structure for Team Europe. I really wanted to bring in something similar for Team USA. I kept being told as soon as I come into um, the, this side, like the special event side, that no, it's a waste of time trying to get a structure for Team USA in Moscone because there's not enough events over there. And it's like, right, okay, well, we don't give up there. Okay, there's not enough events over there. So let's make sure there's more events. Um, so now finally, and I'm hoping 
maybe 2021 we don't know because of obviously the situation we're in but I'd like to think that we say to promoters okay be a be a um, you know a, a Moscone Cup ranking event be a qualifier for the US Open do this make sure there's a minimum prize money let's ensure all the players are flying to your event so they can get onto the Moscone Cup I mean we could at the end of the day we could just say look it's five wild cards every year and I choose who goes in but what there's no growing the sport for that. It ensure that I get the, the best Moscone Cup I can get because I'm picking the players. Mm-hmm. But there's no, there's no building it from there. We need a talking point throughout the year. The players need to be traveling. They need to be earning their spot. And they need to be going to different events, seeing what promoters are putting on. Um, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, this sport's only going to grow if we have more events. And so the more promoters that can get involved, obviously we all know how much money it costs to put on an event. It's, it's tough. So anything we can do to try and support, um, to get more players to travel, to buy in and things like that, we're 100% behind. And I, I welcome any sort of promoters that want to chat, have some sort of, um, you know, link to us, um, for any of our events or anything like that. So uh, there are some, a lot of people out there, you know, I probably haven't named, um, that are really doing it for the sport, definitely. What role can the players play in promoting the game, promoting the sport? I think, I think the players need to sometimes quit bitching about silly stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's something I would openly say to them, look, um that, oh, I don't know if you saw it uh but my I had a little rant on social about social media with the players oh yeah um, oh yeah okay. <laughs> everyone saw that <laughs> do you know what I oh gosh I was having a really tough day and um and Nick and Jake said to me oh Emily we're gonna do um a bit on loose Paul we're gonna just talk about what's going on I said yeah that's fine and Nick just said to me goes is there anything you know winding up and I just went in I just couldn't help myself but I think you can probably hear the passion in my voice that I just have so much love for this game not because I want to go out there and go play it myself but because I see the potential that it has um and it's just not quite there yet and unfortunately I need the players help we all need the players help when we're going to a sponsor and we're saying, look at the Moscone Cup, look at all these players that are on board, they'll go, well, I'm, and I'm selling it. Okay, Shane Van Boning, he's the biggest name in, um, in Paul, you know, everyone loves him. All of these people follow him on Facebook. They don't care about Facebook. Yeah. It's like Twitter, trending, Instagram. Oh, but he's not on Instagram. It's not. So that's where my outburst was from because... At the end of the day, I'd, you know, it doesn't, they don't have to be sitting there saying, follow the Moscone Cup, do this. Like, everyone has a life at the end of the day. And, you know, Shane enjoys his fishing. And it's great if he wants to post that on social media because people, people follow these guys. Like, they are fans of these guys. People are fans of Tiger Woods. People are fans of Michael Jordan. There's Netflix programs after Michael Jordan. But they're never going to get anywhere unless they interact with their audience and 
that's what we need the players to be doing. They And I will help them 100%. But there's only six of us in our multi-sport team. We've grown two people this year just because our events are growing. Um, but we can't, you know, it's not something we can fully take on board and hand all of the social media accounts for all the pool players. That's that's not something we can realistically do. But at the end of the day, it's their own responsibility. Yeah. I have my own social media account. I know that it's draining. Sometimes I'm just like, Moscone Cup, I just want to shut my, my um, social media off because there's so much to do and, you know, there's so many messages coming in. Why are you doing this? You're ruining the sport kind of thing. Or, you know, the Moscone Cup looks great. And it is, it's quite intense. It is yeah. very intense. Um, but we need social media at the end of the day. And that was what I was trying to get across to the players. We need them to buy into that. Look, at the end of the day, and I tell them this every time, if they promote the sport, they help me professionalise it. Um, you know, you don't want to be doing an Instagram live of you out drinking as such. Um, you, you encourage the younger generation, these small kids that are at these events, they look up to these players and they go, oh my God, I want to be a pool player. It's cool. You know, that's my job. I need to market it and promote it in a way that looks cool for the younger generation, but they need to interact with those people. The more they do that, the more audience they grow, the bigger audience they grow, the more sponsorship I can get in, the more sponsorship I can get in, the more I can raise prize fund or the more events I can do. It's all just the ticking, you know, sort of, um, well, it's just a, a circle at the end of the day that we all need to be helping one another. Um, I know I can probably be like a, just a nagging mum. I think that's what Team <laughs> USA think I am. If you actually outright ask them, I'll probably ask them on Instagram live, but do you actually think that I'm just a really naggy mum? They'd be like, yeah, and roll their eyes. But I only do it because I love, I love this game. I love the events so much. And I just want to see everyone excel. I want to see us do the best that we can. Um, but we can't do it all on our own. I keep saying we're the best, but we do need everyone's help at the end of the day. So we just, we just need them to help us promote and, um, just just interact with their fans yeah I, I totally agree and I think maybe even more than anything you said there's opportunity for these players right because once they gather this following on Instagram people are sending you products and you know they're making money you know if yeah. they get several hundred thousand followers they're going to make money from it so yeah. Emily I they're really not getting that yeah exactly. sorry I was just saying they're not they're not getting that so it's not driving them to do it so yeah. as soon as one of them gets it, it will, it will start to form. Yeah. So <laughs> trying to prod that at the moment is very difficult, but we will get there. We'll get there. Emily, I, I really appreciate your time. I know this is such a busy time of year for you and you're preparing for the Moscone Cup and we're all excited to see what you have in store for us. Um, so I want to thank you for your time today. And I just want to give you a chance to kind of leave the, the viewers with, um, you know, anything you want to share about Moscone Cup or Matchroom in general? Oh, gosh, you put me on the spot now, haven't you? What a great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, if you're a pool fan and you're not watching the Moscone Cup, then you are not a pool fan. Um, that is, is going to be the event of the year. And I will say it now, regardless of anything that's happening, it will be memorable. In all these years to come, people will look back at 2020 and go, that was a great event. They won't say about COVID. 
it will be it's a great event because it's going to be different um we've got lots of you know engagement um happening in the lead up it's going to be different for the players because they're in this bubble we've got a training day which is kind of if you watch any boxing and if you ever seen like an open workout we're going to be doing that with the pool players so people will have a chance to tune in and see the players interacting with their coach getting the training day how they're performing um that will be quite an interesting one we haven't done that before so we'll see how that goes um we've got our press conference and you know i don't i don't like holding back i'm going to be asking those awkward ask questions <laughs> so um a lot of content is going to be churning out from uh, matchroom pool for the moscone cup and i'm excited to hear everyone talk about it really i'm i'm loving that everyone's buzzed about the event because it gets me excited and uh I'll quite happily sit here till midnight working away just so we can obviously deliver something fantastic and I think with 2021 so many things are going to change the world pool championship the US open the world pool masters the world cup pool I couldn't even tell you right now what is actually happening with those events all I'm focused on right now is to deliver you a Moscone cup to a, an, an exceptional standard um as soon as we have information on any of the future events we'll release it but we want to make sure that we can a deliver it um and b we don't have to keep rescheduling it as such so i know there's a lot of questions about it and there was a lot of questions around the moscone cup i always like to think we're quite transparent in any situation like to always update the fans whenever you know we can um and we will be but don't worry because we're going to be absolutely fine and we're still going to make sure that pool is it, it's top of the list and it's it's going to expand so don't worry about it <laughs>